Welcome to Soul Talk, a podcast founded and created by Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. Soul Talk was created in 2020 when a pandemic hit and we were in lockdown. She wanted to have exciting conversations with open-minded people so they could understand different aspects of herself and she could help others in the same way. She interviews healers, coaches, therapists, psychics, readers, channelers, mediums, intellectuals, poets, artists, and more. She calls it Soul Talk because it started as a conversation from soul to soul. Hello, everyone. This is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love, and you're in Soul Talk. And thank you uh, for being back with us. And today we have a very special man with us that is have a very interesting bio that uh, we're going to be telling you who uh, more about him. His name is Lai Benjamin. I hope I say it right because English is not my first language. <laughs> I mispronounce it myself, so you did fine. Oh, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, Live, uh, he is the founder of three nonprofits organizations, 16 Things Kids Can Do, Planet Acts of Kindness, and One Planet, One People. And I love the, the names that you actually put to your nonprofits. Like, can you tell us a little bit more? What do you do in, in your nonprofits and what actually took you to, to start this? Because it was very interesting what I was reading from you. But. Sure, sure, sure. My pleasure, Monica. So, um, you know, like Monica said, I am the founder of three nonprofit organizations. And I didn't start out wanting to change the world. I just wanted to repay a debt. You know, when I was growing up, um, I had a real difficult childhood at home, you know, family life. And I started working in New York City when I was 11 years old, just to get out of the house. And during the course of working, I met people who took an interest in me. And they spent time, they talked to me, and they didn't have to. They were adults, you know, who were working in the neighborhood. Um, and I appreciated what they did tremendously. And it continued um, my father and family moved to Florida, and it continued with parents of friends, teachers at school, even administrators. And I knew I couldn't repay them directly. So I wanted to go into a profession where I felt I can go ahead and help other people. So I went to law school. And boy, was I naive. I found out it wasn't about helping other people. Um, I didn't like my friends because of the reasons they were in it. They were in it for the money. I didn't like the professors. I didn't like the profession. I ended up doing my uh, internship with the Attorney General's office in Albany, New York, in the Litigation Bureau, uh, writing memorandums of law on, on public health and other issues. And they liked what I did. They offered me a job. And I said, thank you. I'm flattered, which I was. but no, thank you. And I ended up leaving the profession and going into entrepreneurial business so I can learn some things about what I needed to do in order to help other people. So I've done everything from like a national newsstand magazine on helping people with relationships to best-selling board games to books to, you know, different entrepreneurial businesses. And uh, a little over 10 years ago, I realized that I wasn't doing everything that I could be in order to, you know, basically pay my debt to fulfill my promise. So I gave it all up and I started my first nonprofit, 16 Things Kids Can Do. And from that group, Planned Acts of Kindness, um, actually, um, after uh, November 2016, I realized that the country was going down a road that was getting ever more divisive. And civility and kindness, right, were not the path that we were following. So um, I created a system to gamify karma. And I called it planned acts of kindness, not random acts, because that doesn't really have staying power. That can make you feel good, but it doesn't really affect people in a major way or even yourself. So with planned acts of kindness, you wake up and there's a new daily activity 
that you can do with your friends, family, coworkers, and in the community. And the goal is to have tens of millions of people in the U.S., hundreds of millions of people around the world doing the same planned act on the same day and unleashing that much positive, powerful energy into the world. You know, the, the key is to living happier, healthier lives. It's not how much money you make. It's not how many drugs you take, contrary to what some companies tell you, right? And it's not how many toys you have. It's the quality of your relationships and your sense of community. And that's what planned acts enhances in people. So uh, I gamified karma. There are four different activities that you do during the month. You do your planned acts. You do engagement with other people. You do volunteerism. No matter where you are in the world, through our programs, and you show support. And when you do that, you can level up in the Karma Club and be eligible for gifts and rewards, including recognition. And the goal by the end of 2023, we want to be in all 200 countries around the world giving away hundreds of gifts every single day to random people who have leveled up in the Karma Club. And that's one of the ways that ordinary people like you asked, how can I be the hero? How can I do my part, right, to go ahead and help other people help the world? And that's how you can do it. It's behavioral change through kindness and civility. We need a lot more of it, right, in ourselves, right? We need to be good to ourselves. We don't always do that because of all the things that we're undergoing in life, like we were talking about before we got on the air, right? We, all, we got all these things that we're dealing with. It's not getting any easier. So we need to have something that makes us feel good, right? That's on a consistent basis that rewards us. But at the same time, it helps other people. And that's what planned acts of kindness can do. But on the other hand, the problems of the world, they're huge climate change, pollution, pandemics, war, terrorism, and then inequities, inequalities in health, in social lives, in economic inequalities. You know, these are things that are not going to be solved by governments and companies alone. They're going to be solved by people like you and I, right? People around the world working together on common causes with a common focus. And that's also where the Karma Club can come in because we will have the ability to put out information at a moment's notice and gather hundreds of thousands, millions, tens of millions of people together and then get them to get companies and governments to do the right thing for kids, people, and the planet. And that's the basis of planned acts of kindness. It forms the foundation that can go into other programs, educational programs, um, health, happiness, and wellness program, uh, our Project Cope, and to One Planet, One People Clubs. So it's really cool that taking kindness and civility, we can go ahead and put it into a lot of other areas, um, into schools, faith-based organizations, nonprofit NGOs businesses and government agencies, no matter how small, no matter how big, scale it up and make it available to people from the ground up and then also from the top down. Because that's what it's going to take, a global effort with a global system. Okay. And sorry if that was a really long, long, long answer right for yourself. Sorry. That was great, but that brought me a bunch of questions on it. Sure. How do you decide which act of kindness to follow. Because sure. I, I bet there are many ideas for many people. How do you there, choose? There are. So the thing is that what I did was I had to set up criteria for that. You know, it has to be something that people all around the world can do easily that doesn't cost them money. You see, the thing is, remember, you know, that pay it forward, you know, how people say, oh, pay it forward. I never, ever, ever like that program because you shouldn't have to be paying for kindness, okay? And, you know, we're requiring people to pay for kindness. 
Um, you can play it forward. In other words, you can do behaviors that show other people. And by you demonstrating it, right, then other people will want to do it. And we have programs like our SAW campaign, which is our Smile and Wave campaign. We want at the end of every meeting, whether you're in school, whether you're in church, whether you're in temple, whether you're in right a business, to end with a smile and a wave because, like we said before, we all have difficult lives, right? We need to take care of ourselves. If we smile more, that's taking care of ourselves. But if we pass it on to other people, well, it'll make them feel good. And if they turn around and pass that on to other people during the day, this little ripple can become a wave. If we can connect enough of these waves around the world, then it becomes a tsunami for change. And it all starts with you and a smile, something that's very easy to do. So that would be one of our planned acts of kindness hmm. that people can do. And do you have a, a directive or something like that that you all choose which act of kindness are going to do it? Well, every day there's a new one and there's a whole list of ones that we've created. And in the app and in the website, when people like behind me, you see the QR code, that's for our app. So if you sign up for our app, then every day you get the planned act of kindness in your app. And it's the same one that you'd be doing here, that someone in Spain would be doing, that someone in China would be doing, that somebody in, you know, anywhere in the world would do. So it's always the same planned act for that day. And every day it changes to a new thing. So you do as many during the course of the month that you want to go ahead and do. And we have a, I believe in the app also, we have a way for people to recommend planned acts of kindness that we can consider adding to our, let's say, our laundry list of ones that we make available. So you can recommend, Monica, if you've got a great one that you want to go ahead and see people do around the world, right? Then you recommend it. And then if it's something that's, you know, universal that people can do, it's not going to cost them real money to go ahead and do it, right? Then it may be one of the ones that we add to our list. I have participated in meditations global-wide. And uh, sometimes people uh, in their country, they do it. And uh, and over here, or they can get together in the same one. And that happens a lot in the time of the Lion's Gate. We do global, global-wide meditations. Right. And, uh, we, have, we have a program that we're developing for that. But you see, that's not something that directly impacts other people. Mm. You see, it can impact people by, let's say, the joint collective of people doing it. Okay, so that's a, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit different area than the actual planned act of kindness, where you actually have to reach out and engage someone else in what you're doing. Well, you're right, and uh, and I have a different approach for that sure. because it do affect the energy of the whole planet every single human being but i understand that this is another program and not everybody's open to meditation there are still people close down to why it is meditation because they consider it as religion when it's not but uh that's where some people can get closed down when you tell them meditate, meditate. Right. meditate and they can close down to it so what we do is in the app that we're developing which you'll see Uh, by the first of the year, and I'll, I'll certainly be able to go ahead and give you more information on that. We are not going to call it meditation. We're going to call it breathing. Okay. And it's a, it's a tremendous app. There's nothing like it on the, you know, uh, around, and it's got some really cool features. And you're going to love the fact that you can create breathing buddies, which is exactly what you're talking about. It's inviting other people to share with you and be in your group and do it at the same time. 
but we're also going, I, I don't want to tell you too much about it, but you'll see it. It's going to be available through our organizations and it's really, really exciting. And it is, it's a meditation app that uses breathing. Absolutely. The health benefits that you get from meditation. I have a question uh, regarding that. Um, you mentioned that you stopped working for the Attorney General's office in New York or mm -hmm. Albany because uh, you wanted to pay your debt. It was socially or economically, because I know right now that all the college costs a lot of money and oh, these yeah. student loans are just crazy. Right. So are you were trying to pay that debt? No, that was a... Um... That was a social debt that I felt to other people who helped me when I was growing up. I knew I couldn't repay them for their kindness. So I wanted to play it forward to help other people with what I was doing professionally. And that's why I went to law school and found out it wasn't about that. I would, If I was going to continue in the profession, I'd just be hired to do things that I didn't agree with. And I didn't feel that was right. No, I do agree. I, I study paralegal, but for different reasons, and uh, and I did not like it. And I have never worked with a lawyer because personally, I don't like lawyers too much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, uh, but I totally understand that. But this is very, actually, very, very interesting what you're doing because I can see that there can be a change. Simply the smile, it is just to random people in the street can just shift the energy. A kind word can shift the energy of someone that is depressed or not feeling worthy or whatever things are passing into that day yes. can really change that. Yes. And, you know, what you were just asking about in terms of, you know, college is very expensive and we have... Um, through our organization, and we've been running it for for a very long time, um, actually decades, even before I established the nonprofits, uh, internship mentorship programs designed to go ahead and help people with um, transitioning from a worker mentality into management and leadership, where we feel that, you know, everyone deserves that opportunity and the world needs more leaders not more workers, okay? And the thing is, we also have career track programs. We have work-life balance programs. We've got custom benefit programs. So for your, your listeners, um, you know, we have programs that can go into organizations, no matter how small, no matter how big, and we set them up with custom benefit plans, not only for their employees, but their contractors and families, something that their 401ks or 403bs don't do, or even their 457 government plans. And we don't charge the company to set it up. We don't charge to administer. And the benefits that we go ahead and provide are much, much greater than the 401ks and 403bs. Is a different part of the tax code that was set up by the rich for the rich. We make it available to everyone. And we don't charge the clients and the people and the families that we help also. This is part of our nonprofit initiative to go ahead and provide better quality of life for people. So why would we charge the people that we're trying to help? Whereas other financial advisor companies, they charge and they feel the more they charge, right? You'll feel the better job they're doing. So they want to charge as much as possible, okay? And regardless of the benefits. So we give people safety, growth, protection, including right long-term care, chronic care, care for dementia, Alzheimer's. The, that's the number one cause of bankruptcy in this country. Like my grandmother, you know, she needed it. And she had to pay down all her bank accounts. She had to sell her condo at a loss right? Just so she can go bankrupt so that the government would take over her health care and then tell her where she's going to go, what coverage she's going to get. And that's not good quality of life. So we go ahead and try to build it into people's retirement plans. And 
where they can qualify for the maximum that you're allowed to legally under HIPAA, which is 10,000 a month. And the average cost of long-term care today is over $300,000. And most people don't have that in their bank accounts. They don't have that in the equity in their houses. So they have to go bankrupt. And that's not where people should have to go in order to get basic fundamental human right, you know, of dignity, you know, in their elder years. So we have a lot of great programs and it's available, you know, through, you know, the different um, organizations that we have. And do your, your programs are only in New York or are in all the United States? Well, actually, most of the programs we have are global. So they can be done anywhere in the world. On the financial services side, there because we're we're you know in the United States um, and we're licensed and regulated, they're available throughout the United States and in Canada actually. Well, Canada do not have problems with social uh, with Medicare or I'm um, not Medicare with uh, medical insurance like United States. I know many people that have lost everything for cancer. Yes. They still do not heal anything either. So, and they're just in debt and now with the loss of someone in their family. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It, it just affects people's quality of life. And it's not just the person who has the illness, it's their entire family. And that's why, you know, these plans are so important for us to get out there. I've written a book called The Working Dead that gets into the reason why, um, you know, the institutions aren't providing these things for people because they all make money from us not knowing how money works. They all make money from us not having, you know, some of the fundamental things that we need. And the thing is that there are ways that we can get it. Okay. You just have to be educated and you have to go through the right sources. So we are, we're making that available. That is so good. We're glad we have people like you because actually we, We all need it. And the system, it is not, it's haven't been working for us since long time ago. Yes. And how do you work with entrepreneurs? So, you know, entrepreneurs, they're solo entrepreneurs, and then there's all the way up to people who run companies and everything else. So we have programs where we can integrate with their company. What we do is we collaborate. We don't go in and say, hey, this is what we've got. Okay. And what we do is we go in and we say, tell us what you're doing. Tell us what your objectives are. Okay. And then we can go ahead and match your objectives with different programs in our organization where you're fulfilling those, but you're also benefiting other people as well, which is the main component for us. Okay. We're not going to help you if you're not going to benefit other people. Okay. And what we do is we take corporate social responsibility. And one of the main things we do is we make the companies turn that in towards their own employees, contractors, and families first by providing the work life balance programs. And in turn, when they do that, that will help them with HR, that will help them with recruiting people. That will help them lower the cost of recruiting. That will help them keep people working energetically for their companies because they're providing them with things that are important to them, not just going ahead and working to get a paycheck. So we help companies boost their CSR, their HR, their public relations, their branding, and their revenue by partnering with a nonprofit organization and working through the programs that we have. We're actually, we developed a course called the Work-Life Balance Collaborative, which is available for companies. It's a six-week program where they put their HR, their management, or their C, you know, CFO, COO, CEO, right, through the program. And over the course of the six weeks, they're going to go ahead and learn about all these different initiatives 
and then decide which ones they want to bring back to their company and institute. And at the same time, through that six weeks, they're going to work on one of our initiatives so that they understand the power and scope of what they can do and what their company can do through right team building, through volunteer work, okay, through all these other programs that are available. So it's a great way for them to go ahead and bring it into their company. And then really we set up almost like a turnkey operation for them so that they can go ahead and, you know, fulfill shareholder and stakeholder objectives while helping other people. Welcome. In choosing to be part of this group, you have said yes to yourself. You've chosen to confront those limitations keeping you from achieving the life of your dreams. Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, is a transformational belief coach. She's a psychic channeler, certified NLP, life coach, BQH, that is hypnotherapy, Akashic Records reader, public speaker, writer, and artist. She works with many modalities and has created her own, like this one, to help you let go of the limitations and achieve the transformation you desire so you can anchor your emotions that you desire. Monica will be hosting a new session every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, leading the group through a guided meditation, then proceeding to work with people individually. So join Monica here in this free journey by joining the Zoom link. What are the majority of the companies that are working with you, entrepreneurs that are working with you? Well, the thing is, we've been, uh, we've got Google Grants. We've been vetted by the Peace Corps. The Peace Corps goes ahead and recommends our programs, which is really kind of cool. Um, Simon Property Group, which is the largest property holder in the United States, they own the malls, right, have used our programs. Um, everything from um, Police Athletic League, right, to schools, to, you know, companies and organizations so you know it's it was going great right up until the pandemic <laughs> where on it was amazing on february um february 14th i believe it was um no february 24th i spoke at the united nations in 2020 on collaborating on a book on youth mental health they loved it. They agreed to do it. And then two weeks later, the UN was shut down. You know, um, in March of 2020, I was supposed to speak at the at the Excel conference for the Wesleyan Church, which is an educational church. They run universities as well. And I was supposed to speak to 109 churches because they wanted us to do a book on um, 16 things we all can do to act right and help save the planet. And, uh, you know, community neighborhood issues, everything from income inequality to domestic violence, to substance abuse, to education, right, to work would go into the book. And unfortunately, right, that conference, as well as the next year and that were canceled because of COVID-19. And so everything that we were supposed to do in 2020 and 2021 got put on abeyance because of COVID. And I have long COVID myself, as you know. And now we're launching everything in January of this coming year. And it's under 2023, the year of one planet, one people. So, you know, this decade is going to determine quality of life for billions of people. And, you know, the world is in crisis the opportunity for us to push back on those issues that we talked about earlier is closing fast. So we need ordinary people like you and I working together to go ahead and have scalable systems that bring people in that get them to do behavioral change from the bottom up and from the top down to push back on these things. So one of the big things that we're launching is something called the Collaboration Think Tank Network, which is fully aligned with the United Nations 17 Sustainable Development Goals. And what happens is you can come into the network and you can say what STG you're interested in. It could be education. It could be gender issues. It could be poverty. It could be climate change. It could be pollution, 
whatever you want to go ahead and do, you can do through the STGs. And then we break you into teams based upon, right, those topics. And then we say, okay, these are the objectives that we've got to go ahead and achieve. These are the problems associated with the objectives. And here's the thing. The solutions have to come from four sources, scientific, business, government, and academic working together. And the solutions have to be actionable from either an individual basis, from people, from students, employees, owners, retirees, the unemployed, from the bottom up, or it's got to be actionable on the institutional level from the top down, from schools, faith-based, nonprofits, government agencies, and businesses. And not only that, we have to have the delivery systems to get the information out so that people can take action on it. Because not everybody's interested in getting their information the same way. Some people are interested in listening to podcasts and getting their information. Other people are interested in reading. Other people want to go to courses. Other people want to do, you know, workshops and events. So we have six different types of delivery systems in order to get the information out on a global basis. And that's what it's going to take. Collaboration in all of these areas at the same time, because let's say you do solve homelessness in Miami. Well, that's great until climate change comes along and wipes out your infrastructure. Or let's say you have a business and you don't think you're going to be affected. Well, it can affect your supply chain. It can affect your customer base. It can affect you personally. If you've got hurricanes and tornadoes coming through three times a month, where they used to be storms of the century, which meant every once every hundred years. And this is what we're all going to face three to five years down the road. I totally agree with you. The, the, the climate is changing and we're seeing it more drastically all around the world. The fires in California are just devastating. Completely yeah. devastating. And the tornadoes are becoming stronger. The hurricanes are, are getting bigger and more devastating than before. We're seeing all around the world, not only in the United States. Okay. So yes, there are many changes coming. And unfortunately, many systems are already broken. We're talking about the medical. Yeah. It is a big one that is very, very broken. The doctors, they used to heal people. Now they're sellers of the medical industry uh, of pharmaceuticals. They just want to continue having us sick with the medications because that's business. The same applies for schools. The same applies for uh, for <laughs> politics. The same applies for everything. So all the systems right now are broken. Some people can see it. Some people refuse to see it. But the truth is, is that we can continue how we're continuing. Because the next generations that are coming behind us, they're going to school with a system that is already broken in there. Mm -hmm. When I have one of my kids is going to college and the other one soon is going to go to college. And she tell me my daughter is 15. that She didn't want to go to college. And I got an insurance for college for her when she was a baby and I thought about it and I told her no you don't have to go to college for the simple reason that before when you went to college you get out you have a degree you can find a job so easy and you can pay off your student loans now you go to college you have a degree and you're not going to do anything with it except paying student loans <laughs> the world have changed and more the, the the short careers, the three months, six months, max one year, are the ones that have a job for them. It is not the, the not the other ones that we, how we grew up together. Mm -hmm. So the world have changed, and what they're teaching, they're not caring. I am an artist, and I would not wanted to take the art class or the art career because it is going to have a student loan for. For what? In the galleries, they don't even ask me for the diploma. 
So it is it is very ridiculous how the system of school it is changing and they're not giving enough information to the children that they need to actualize. That's beside of the shooting guns. The the guns are shooting in the schools from elementaries. How do how do you are uh, trying to approach that? Because I know you're trying to help. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. You did not broke the system. The system was broken even before we were born. Oh my goodness, it's been broken for well, you're right, a very, very long time and it's only gotten worse and worse and worse because incivility around the world has gotten worse and worse and worse. And people are either saying, you know, you're either with me or against me, you know, over very simple things. And they're allowing that to break families and break communities. And we saw it with COVID. You know, cities were against their states. You know, the governors, the mayors were against the governors. The governors sometimes were against the, the federal government. The federal government was against the people, you know, at different times. So it's, you know, it's a crisis that exists at all different levels. And the thing is that with gun violence, which has escalated to a point where it's completely unimaginable, we have more mass shootings in this country than there are days in a year. So that means every single day is happening in this country. And the thing is that what the politicians and what the pundits talk about is how do we go ahead and get guns off the street? How do we raise the age? How do we make it tougher on the requirements when they're missing the point? The point is that we're not socializing our children well enough so that they have the support and the mental health where they're never going to think about picking up a gun in the first place. Then it doesn't matter if you make it available for 10-year-olds. They would never touch it in the first place to solve a problem. And that's where Planned Acts of Kindness can come in, because we have a program called Education for Quality of Life. It's designed to put Planned Acts of Kindness into schools for kids as young as four years old, so that they have every day there's a new Planned Act that they can do with their friends, their family, and in their community. And what it's going to do is it's going to help them build quality relationships, a stronger sense of community, a support network that can follow them all the way through into adulthood and beyond. And then we have other programs that follow that program, our One Planet One People Social Responsibility Clubs in schools where kids come in based on their interests. They get to go ahead and do skill development. But in the course of helping other people, there's always that component so they can learn how they can impact other people. They can be the hero, okay? Because I ask my undergraduate and grad students from NYU, Columbia, University of Pennsylvania, from all these schools, because we have their mentorship internship program, right? And I say, think back about all the classes and courses you've had in high school, all the assignments you did as an undergraduate. Did any of them impact other people's quality of life? And Monica, the answer is always no. Mm -hmm. And that's what you're talking about. There's a tremendous disconnect between what we learn in school and the real world. So we have programs that bridge the gap. We have career track programs that teach, you know, everyone from students all the way to people who have already been working for 5, 10, 15 years in the market, how to go into management and leadership more effectively and get exposure to programs that can help other people. And we have proprietary project management programs. We've got um, collaborative programs that go into the eight foundation skills that people need to move from a worker mentality into management and leadership. We've got right all these different things that are designed to help people. And when you go ahead and get more educated and you feel like you can make an impact, you're not going to do the antisocial behaviors, right, that are going to get you into trouble, that are going to go ahead and get you into prison. And that's one of the keys to preventing people who are in prison from returning to prison. Whereas today, the recidivism rate is 84%. So 84 out of 100 people go to prison, return to prison, because they're not being taught. They're not being socialized properly. They're not given the opportunity to go ahead and develop as people where they can make an impact 
for themselves, their families, their future, and other people. And that's what we're also working to go ahead and do is to impact people's quality of life, their mental health, so that they'll never end up in prison, right? And the people who are in prison, to get them out and get them more productive, happier, healthier, right, in society. I have a question. Uh, the majority of our, our listeners in Soul Talk are going to yeah. be from the industry of holistic. They're coaches, healers, etc., etc., you know? Right, right, right. And something that I have observed a lot is the difference between a psychologist and a holistic practitioner. It is very different. The insurance will pay for the psychologist if you have insurance in the United States at least after giving you medication for depression instead of working with you without the medication, the happy pill, and they're going to take five years, ten years, and maybe you're going to get some results. On the other hand, you have the holistic, the holistic ones like me, I'm part of that industry. And we're not going to get paid by the any insurance. Right. We're not covered by any insurance. So we have to do the things way faster than the psychologists without medication because we, many of us, we don't even want that. We can talk even about it because that is against the, the rules and regulations. But no one is paying us and the people are still needing help because there are many people that do not have mental insurance. Right. Or the or the insurance do not cover mental issues. Sure. And that's a big problem in this country, the sure. mental health. Hundred percent. So in that area, we have something called Project COPE. K O P E. And what it is, it's a health happiness and wellness program. And it starts off, it's modeled after clinical trials. Okay, that are used to judge efficacy of pharmaceuticals, but it doesn't use drugs. It uses planned acts of kindness. So what happens is people come in and they take an assessment. And the assessment is a series of questions that are much more detailed, much more on target than the psychological assessment that's been given in the industry to judge happiness over the last 20 years. Okay. And that gives them a baseline score. That's their health, happiness, and wellness baseline score. And over the course of a month, they're going to get their planned acts of kindness to do, their engagement, their volunteerism. And we're going to track it. They're going to track it through an app. And every month they retake the assessment. And it compares it to the baseline. And it will show people quantifiably how doing planned acts of kindness and right the other aspects volunteerism can positively affect your mental health and your health happiness and wellness the longer you're in the program right the better your scores are going to become and the way that we're offering this is it will be offered through companies through their um, benefits programs okay but we're allowing individuals families teams to come in and do it as well. And we're going to open it up also in January to practitioners, holistic practitioners, because that's what it is. It's a holistic system built on planned acts of happiness to go ahead and offer this to their people as well. And they'll be able to earn from it also. Hmm. So, you know, it was funny because the person, when, when I design these and create these programs, I then bring in people who are in these fields to go over my programs and to analyze them and then to make recommendations, right? And the person who I brought in was actually a person who sets up the clinical trials for Pfizer and Johnson & Johnson, okay? And one day... Um, you know, we had a meeting scheduled and we got on Zoom and she was laughing. I was like, what's going on? And she said, you know, I was thinking about it and I get paid an awful lot of money to go ahead and set up my, you know, trials for the companies, right, to judge the efficacy of the, of the you know, pharmaceuticals that the company develops. And 
you set up this program and you're the head of a nonprofit, you don't get paid to set it up and your program doesn't use drugs and it's actually better than what we set up for the pharmacological industry. And she said, this program is going to make a huge difference in people's lives. We all need it. I, there's the rate of suicidals are just increasing tremendously more since the pandemic. And unfortunately, the majority of the, at least in the, in the United States, the majority of, of the Americans do not have medical insurance. And um, so they are going to be, they're going to be looking for us, the holistic practitioners, and they are doing it. In the pandemic, I don't know how many cases I saw by month that we were trying to save. And uh, that is going to continue increasing. Sure. So, and obviously we have to still pay all the holistic industry. We still have to pay our light and our food and feed our families. So we can't be doing this for free forever because we can't. We can do pro bono once in a while. We can do everything um, all the time. Well, and that's another area that we believe we can help in also because, right, you can collaborate with us and you can earn from our programs, from our books, from our courses, from our initiatives. So for, you know, um, you know, your, your listeners, your viewers, there's ways that they can go ahead and participate, um, you know, with us. And, um, we do, we have a lot of different programs in this area where we can go ahead and do joint books that are fundraisers for people's programs. And you don't have to produce a hundred thousand books like, you know, a, a corporate sponsor. Okay, we can do a limited number and you can be featured in the book and then you can use that as a fundraiser and that will help you raise money for your organization while helping other people. So we've got lots of different programs for this. People can go through, um, you know, they can scan the app behind me. They can go to my my website, LyleBenjamin.com. They can get the one book. They can see all this stuff and then say, hey, um, you know, this is what I'm doing, right? What can we do together? And we'll give them some recommendations and then they choose what they're interested in. It's always about, you know, giving people what they want. That's what, that's what we want to do. We want to help make others successful. Um, because we're all in it together. Okay. If everybody's listening right now, go and check the, uh, scan the, the code in the back. Because we all need some help or we want to be part of it and we want to help the rest of, of the world. We want to change the world. Well, we have to get uh, some some kind of help. This is the help that we can get. To, we can start changing it. And all together we can do it if we have the disposition to do it. Do you have any last words that you would like to say? Well, hopefully they won't be my last, last words. Well, no, from this episode. Right. This episode. <laughs> <laughs> this episode. Right. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, no, no, no. That's me. My my sense of humor. Sorry. Um, you know, we look, we've got to laugh when we can. Okay. You know, um, like I said, things are difficult out there. So, you know, one of the things that that I've built my life on um is taking happiness from the little things around me from not being always dependent on the big things that are going to happen in my life that you know i sometimes have no control over whether i was looking forward to my vacation and that's the big thing or i'm looking forward to this particular thing and and i'm you know i'm just biding my time until i get it um you know we've got to go ahead and look at the small things, appreciate them. But at the same time, we've got to be willing to go ahead and do some of the small things that collectively can add up to solve some of the problems that we face. So one of the things that I say, and one of the things that we have in the book is it doesn't matter, okay, um, you know, where you're at. We're all more connected and more powerful than we might think. 
And the way that we can do this is by simply making connections in our sphere with other people, sharing that these types of programs are out there where you don't have to know everything about what we're doing. You just have to go ahead and make the connection. We go ahead and share and build the relationship, but you get the credit. You're the hero because you made it happen. So if we all do a little bit on a consistent basis, we will be able to go ahead and push back on these things. But if we wait because we don't think it's going to affect us or you know, we think other people are going to go ahead and do it, well, we hope that it doesn't come right to your door and affect you and your family adversely, okay? So, you know, we've got to build a global community. That's why it's one planet, one people. You know, there's a packed pledge that takes 15 seconds to do. You know, I hereby make a pact to treat others with respect and kindness and to go through life from this day forward acting towards others as I would wish to be treated myself. That's all it takes, right, to get the ball rolling. And you can do that. Monica, you speak, right, more languages. I'm still working on English myself, right? You speak a lot of different languages. You can do this in every language you speak. Your listeners can do this in every language and put it into our world video map. And our goal is to have this, to have thousands of people in every country taking the PAC pledge so that people can go into the app, look at that, listen to people in Japanese doing it, in Spanish doing it, in Russian, Chinese doing it. And it doesn't matter what nationality we have, what language we speak. We all want the same things in life. We all deserve respect and quality of life. And that's what we're working for under one planet, one people. Quality of life for, you know, you, right, for your family, for your future. This is really inspiring. Thank you so much what you're doing. Because this is what we need to do to change our world, our reality. Yes. And thank you so much. Well, thank you, Monica. I'm honored to go ahead and be part of what you're doing as well. What you're doing is tremendously needed, you know, in people's lives. And you've done so much good that, uh, you know, let's just have it multiply, multiply, multiply. And that's what we're here for. Yes, that's why we're here for. Thank you. Well, thank you, everybody. And uh, if this resonates with you, please click like, leave us a review and share it. Please, it is important to everybody knows that there is hope. Thank you so much for what being in Soul Talk. My name is Monica Ramirez, the Warrior of Love. Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramirezwarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.